1: Of my guitars. And though this guitar has a body, it doesn't have a soul. This guitar has no power over me. In fact, God has given me power over this guitar. God has given me power of, over everything through Christ and the Holy Spirit. Using this guitar, I could play satanic worship music. And this guitar would then be used for evil. I could also play Christian praise, worship, and this same guitar would be used for good. I have power over this guitar. <clears throat> the cult headquarters in Jeffersonville, Indiana, has a doctrine that some of you may be unfamiliar with. And this doctrine came from William Marion Branham. At the Branham Tabernacle, the church where William Branham taught, this guitar itself is evil. You see, from birth, the pastor at this Branham Tabernacle, my grandfather, promoted a doctrine that was not according to scripture. This guitar and instruments like it are evil. And from an early age I knew personally that this was a false doctrine. I'd read how David played all the instruments. But see, I did not know personally by association that this teaching that was false made the pastor a false teacher. I did not realize that by association the man who the false teacher followed by association it made him a false leader. Though William Branham told my grandfather to forbid his family from playing these instruments and from the platform the pastor spreads this doctrine, it doesn't align with scripture. And it's strikingly odd to me that most in the same church know that this is a false teaching. Yet they continue owning these instruments for themselves but they continue all these years letting this false doctrine continue after accepting the real gospel of Jesus Christ by faith I have accepted freedom in Christ as the scriptures tell I've allowed the Holy Spirit to speak directly to my heart guiding me and leading me on the path that Christ wants me to follow now Galatians 2 teaches the very same lesson. Many Christians today have totally forgotten it. The freedom that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ and those who stand against false teaching. While proclaiming freedom, many legalistic churches today have really denied the grace and they've accepted the law and not even the Mosaic law. They have adopted and accepted a new law that was really laid by mischievous men. Paul talks about this, about the time that he was first accepted by the apostles. In the Bible, in the scriptures, it says, Paul speaking, Then, after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and I set it before them, though privately before those who seemed influential. And the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure that I was not running or had run in vain. Notice this, Paul did not immediately run with his revelation without first discussing it with men who knew the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, he privately discussed this revelation with those that were most influential so that it was not widespread, and only then did he proclaim it to the Gentiles. He said that he made sure that he was not doing this in vain. Let's continue. Paul says, But even Titus, who is with me, was not forced to be circumcised though he was a Greek, yet because of false brothers, they secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery. To them we did not yield in submission, even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you what we see in churches today is nothing new Paul is actually describing what we have today false brothers trying to bring people back into some sort of slavery by imposing rules or laws instead of what Paul just called the truth of the gospel he says that he stood firm against them so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for the Gentiles for me and you he goes on to speak about this truth of the gospel let's continue paul says and from those who seem to be influential what they were makes no difference to me god shows no partiality those i say who seemed influential added nothing to me on the contrary when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for though he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me from mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, Paul, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor the very thing that I was eager to do." So, think about this. Circumcision was part of the Mosaic law. And under that law, Jews could not fellowship with the uncircumcised. Yet Peter, James, and John were pillars and accepted Paul's message without law to the Gentiles. Did they ask him to remember to make women dress a certain way? Or did they ask him to separate themselves from those who did not believe? Or any of the other laws that Moses gave? No. Their one request was they asked him to remember the poor. Now this gets very interesting. This is an example of what a true Christian should do. And it's the very thing that we're doing for you at this very moment. Paul stood for the freedom that's in the gospel. He refused to be bound by the law. He said that that law had been made obsolete. Though Peter is regarded as a saint and his writings are in the Bible, Paul stood up uh, even against Peter to preserve our freedom. Let's continue on. But when Cephas, which is Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. This is Paul speaking. He opposed Peter to his face because he stood condemned. Peter was teaching something that was not the Gospel. For certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles, but when they came he drew back and he separated himself, fearing the circumcision. Now think about this. He was fearing those because they had a doctrine. And even though that doctrine even according to Peter, who agreed with the gospel, he was scared more of the men. Now, let's continue. And when the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically among, along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy, Paul says, but when I saw their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, i said to to peter to cephas i said before them all if you though a jew live like a gentile and not like a jew how then can you force the gentiles to live like jews this is peter this is the apostle peter that paul is speaking to and think about this for you and me paul stood up even against peter He called the rest of them hypocrites and like today these Jews were picking and choosing which of the old covenant laws that they wanted to follow and yet they were imposing other laws on the Gentiles Paul called them hypocrites because they were not practicing what they preached today it's odd because we have the exact opposite we have false teachers who are Gentiles trying to enforce Old Covenant law on us, also Gentiles, when they themselves are not even Jews. So, you ask, if these laws are not our boundaries, then how then can we be saved? And honestly, if you snipped out verses of this chapter, it's probably confusing, but if you just continue to read, Paul answers this question. Paul says this, to the Jews, We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Think of that, Gentile sinners. Yet, we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So, we have also believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Let's repeat that last part. By works of the law, no one will be justified. Now, preachers today tell us, clean up our lives. And by this, they take legalistic doctrines from the Mosaic law, not even the entire law. And they impose them on the congregations. They impose what Paul called dead works. According to the statement by Paul that we just read, they're uselessly babbling in vain because no one will be justified by the things we do. So you ask, how then do we justify ourselves? Keep reading. <laughs> Paul says this, But and if our endeavor to be justified in Christ, We, too, were found to be sinners. Speaking to the Jews, they tried to be holy. They tried to keep the law, but they were found to be sinners. So, Paul asked them, is Christ a servant of sin? Certainly not. (laughs) Paul says this, for if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. Let's pause here. What did Paul tear down? The law. And this is a very solemn statement. Paul says that if he rebuilds what he tore down, then he himself would be a transgressor. This means that every pastor in every legalistic church that has denied the freedom of grace through faith in Jesus Christ is a transgressor of the law. Think about it. Every one of them. Paul says that he had died to the law. He no longer follows it. Why? Paul says that he did this so he can live to God. And here's how. <clears throat> Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, who gave himself for me, and I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, Then Christ died for no purpose. Let's repeat the very last verse of this chapter. It's the most important verse in the entire chapter because it's warning us of denying the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, and I read it again So I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were found through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. So I ask you, have we really denied the gospel of Jesus Christ by following men who have tried to take away our freedom? Have we decided that to believe that Christ died for no purpose thinking that we have a better way than simply by faith in Jesus Christ? Is our way really better? Do everyone keep these rules that are imposed? When William Branham says not to watch television, do you watch television? Do you even keep the rules that are laid down? Do we really think that we can live such a sinless life that we can do better than what Christ did for us on the cross? Have we accepted freedom in Christ or have we been placed in shackles by legalistic false teachers? I'll let you decide.